but we really appreciate the opportunity to, to uh, be with you this evening. The uh, topic was uh, how Christ is different, and we say that we're not experts on experts on marriage. Uh, we're not expert speakers. We didn't come from over 50 miles away, so we don't talk about it in that regard. But there is something that's been uh, really profound in our lives that we felt like uh, uh, we really wanted to share with you. And so for the next few minutes, Cheryl and I want to tell you just a little bit about how Christ has made a, made a difference in our marriage. Step a little bit and tell you uh, about how we met. <coughs> We met by correspondence. Uh, I was a 19-year-old uh, in the rifle uh, squad over in Vietnam, and uh, best buddy writes to this girl. As I recall, at least this is my chance to tell the story, uh, I had a list of about 10 young ladies that was, I was writing to, and I thought one more couldn't hurt. Uh, <laughs> So we started corresponding, and uh, coincidentally, that's the same way that uh, Cheryl's mother and father met back in World War II, the big war, uh, was through correspondence. And uh, so we, we, we started writing back and forth, and uh, that was a very interesting time for me in Vietnam. A uh, couple things I discovered. One was that there are no atheists in foxholes, and I know, I know you've probably heard that, but... Uh, when you are totally out of options, I've never heard anybody cry out and say, uh, please help me, Satan. I've never heard him say that. I've heard a lot of men cry out and say, help me, God. Um, there just are no other options. So I learned that, and I made a bargain with God. I said, if you'll get me out of this alive in, in uh, one piece and get me home, um, I'll do better, and I know that life will be better. It has to be better than what I'm experiencing now. And uh, if I could just get through this alive, I'll be okay and I'll find some real peace and contentment and, and move on with my life. And I noticed that pattern that started, it probably started long before that, but I really became aware of it over there that I kept telling myself, if I could just, and then you fill in the blank, and uh, you can only imagine what came after that. But uh, anyhow... Uh, I really uh, got back in, in one piece, uh, and uh, if you'd have asked me at the time if I was a Christian, I would have said, yes, I am. Uh, I believe in God. Uh, I believe in Jesus. Uh, I go to church. In Vietnam, whenever we had a chance, we always went to church. We needed anything in our favor that we could. Uh, and after all, if you'd look at my dog tags, it said Presbyterian on there, so that had to be proof that, uh, that I was a Christian. So uh, when I got back from, from over there, I went to see Cheryl. Uh, that's a story in itself. Uh, and as soon as I met her, this, this lady really treated me nicely. I wasn't accustomed to that. And I knew that... Uh, this was uh, better than I ever deserved, and so I started off on a pursuit of her. Uh, and I thought to myself, if I could just have this 
young lady by my side, uh, things would be all right. Well, she was uh, in the process of finishing up her uh, teaching degree, and here I'd flunked out of college, hadn't done too well, and so I determined that I better go back to college and get a degree, and I said if I could just get that college degree, then I'd probably be worthy, and uh, things would go well with me, and for she and I. And uh, so I, I started off on a heavy pursuit of that, like I do most things, like Henry was referring to, with a, with a real passion and, and really immersed myself into it. And then I uh, determined that I really uh, wanted to marry this young lady, and I said if I could just take her as my bride, uh, the, the feelings and just the rush that I had when I was around her, that would continue on and that would sustain me for, for all of our days. Uh, and I thought she could really make me happy. And she did, from time to time. Uh, we, uh, she was pregnant for our, our first child, and I said, boy, you know, if we could just have some kids, maybe that would give us a little more stability, and, and some of the things that were bothering me about our marriage at that point, uh, kids would probably even that out. And uh, I can tell you that at the birth of our daughter, I remember today, it's, it's the best high that I've ever had. Uh, it was great, but even that, as great as it was, did not last. And I found myself uh, saying, if I could just get a career. Uh, and so I did. I uh, was looking for work. I went into the insurance business, as Jack mentioned. I did that until I could find something better. Uh, that was 21 years ago. Uh, much to my amazement, I found that uh, I started to like it. I started getting some promotions and making some money, more money than anybody on either side of our family had ever made. We thought that was pretty nice, uh, being able to purchase things, uh, acquire some possessions, buy some homes, that kind of stuff. Uh, but there was, uh, as I looked around, I always saw somebody who was doing just a little bit better, and I felt like, gee, I'm, I'm not quite there yet. I've got to kick it up a notch and, and really go after it. And I measured my success by those around me, and I still wasn't satisfied. I just knew there had to be something more. This was not going to sustain me. I wasn't going to make it through unless I got some, some satisfaction from something other than what I had had experienced to date. Uh, my business became my identity. I put in long hours, long, long hours. Uh, hardly ever saw our kids. Uh, as Jack mentioned, we've got three kids. Uh, I used to joke about the fact that our kids, uh, the only wardrobe they had were pajamas. When I left in the morning, they were in their pajamas. When I came home at night, they were asleep in their pajamas. Um, I don't take pride in that now, but at the time it was good for a few laughs. Um, because of the pressures of business, and I was working with a lot of, of agents, I was in management at the time, I felt like I needed to spend some time with them after hours and unwind, and uh, it became commonplace. Uh, three to five nights a week we'd close down the bars. That's 2 a.m. Uh, in the morning. Or later. Or later. Yeah, uh, and that was that was typical. 
And I thought that Cheryl should be happy because, after all, I was providing her with a very good living, more than she'd ever experienced before. Um, and because of that, uh, she should be happy. She shouldn't be nagging at me for my, my habits and my work ethic. Um, and I thought I could be happy, too, if I could just... And then I had to kick it up another notch. And at that point, I was starting to question if Cheryl could really meet my needs. Uh, I was progressing rapidly, and after all, she was home with the kids. Uh, I didn't think she understood what, uh, what pressures that I was under or what it took to be successful in business. Uh, it seemed to me that, that we were really growing apart at a very rapid pace, and besides that, I didn't enjoy the constant uh, complaining about uh, my lifestyle, my friends, if you can believe it or not, she didn't care for some of my friends. Um, she didn't care for my uh, desire for alcohol. Uh, I didn't really felt like I need her threats of uh, talking to a divorce attorney. Proverbs 31 says, describes a worthy woman. In uh, verse 10 to 12, it says, an excellent wife who can find, for her words is far above jewels. The heart of her husband trusts in her and she and he will have no lack of gain and she does him good and not evil all the days of her life well about this time in our marriage you can imagine I was not happy and I was not an excellent wife I thought that if I nagged him that would make him stop drinking or staying out. I thought if I quarreled with him, that would work. It didn't. I pouted a lot. I threatened him a lot. I thought that those things would make him change because he was hurting me. I was the one that was being hurt. I was very stubborn. I could go for days without speaking to him. That would do it. That would make him stop. And I thought that it was my right to act this way because this was all his fault. Mark was doing all of this. I was just so perfect. And we lived like this for several years many years. But in 1977, a friend and I had decided to attend a Bible study. Mark and I had attended a church regularly. We taught Sunday school. But I'd never, ever studied the Bible. I had never even attempted a Bible study. 
The Bible study that I attended was led by a woman that I had already met. Her husband had worked with Mark at his office. I had met her at several social occasions. I noticed there was something different about this lady. She was calm. She didn't act like she pouted. She didn't act like she was a nag. And she certainly didn't talk about her husband. She was genuine. She was calm. She was peaceful. And she was always interested in anything that she had to say. At this Bible study that I attended with my friend, I heard things that I'd never heard before in church or in my Sunday school. I heard that God loved me, and I heard that through his Son, Jesus Christ, I could have a personal relationship with him, and also a promise of eternal life. I'd never heard that before. In John 14:6, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father but through me. I heard that God had a purpose for my life, and I also heard that Christ died for my sins. Each week at this Bible study, we were challenged to ask Christ into our lives. Well, this was new for me. This was strange. So each week, I didn't do it. I didn't know why, but I just didn't do it. I continued in this Bible study. And each time I attended, it was more peaceful, there was more meaning, and some of this stuff was starting to make sense. I understood that there was only one relationship that mattered, and that was my personal relationship to my personal Redeemer. Finally, I did decide to ask Christ into my life. I asked him to be my Savior. I asked him to come into my heart. And then I asked him to forgive me. I asked him to forgive me for my anger. I asked him to forgive me for the way I was treating my husband. I asked him to give me a calm and gentle spirit. Soon, I began to experience peace. I didn't nag. I didn't feel like nagging. It wasn't important to nag. And I knew that things were going to change. I prayed for my family. I prayed for Mark. And in Philippians 4, I read, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, shall guard your hearts and your minds. And I began to feel that peace. 
I'm convinced that the things that uh, I'm about to share with you, if they didn't happen, Cheryl and I wouldn't be together today. Uh, Cheryl told you about some of uh, the thoughts that she had about me, but I continued on. I wasn't aware that anything radically different had happened with her, other than that uh, she didn't seem to nag as much. And she went to this Bible study on Monday evenings, and I had to watch the kids on Monday nights, which was great because it was Monday night football, and it gave me a little peace um, when she was uh, out of the house, at least I thought. Um, and I thought maybe she was beginning to see the light of what it took to, to be in business. Um, I thought to myself, if I could just get into the corporate world, then I could find some real peace and contentment. And so I started off on a pursuit of that, and uh, after forming my own corporations, and that didn't work, I went off and uh, I was hired by a, an insurance company uh, as an executive, and uh, had a big territory, everything west of the Mississippi, and, and uh, you know, I was a rising star, and they had big plans for me. And after three days on the job in their corporate home offices, I quit. Um, I just knew in my heart that this was not going to work out for us, and that I, I needed to take a stand. Uh, I could see the handwriting on the wall that if I did that, uh, our marriage would dissolve. And I really didn't want that to happen. Uh, as unhappy as I was, I wanted to stay with her. Uh, a few months before that, I'd renewed a relationship with a, an acquaintance in the insurance business, and I'd noticed something about him that I hadn't noticed years before. And it was similar to that peace and contentment that Cheryl mentioned with that uh, leader of the Bible study. And so I called this guy up and I said, let me buy you breakfast. I want to run a few things by you and pick your brain. We had breakfast. As I recall, I bought um, <laughs> bought more than breakfast. Uh, I began to tell him everything that was going on, uh, and after letting me ramble on for several minutes, he said to me, uh, I understand what you're saying, saying, but where are you spiritually? And I said, I told you, I go to church. Cheryl, I teach Sunday school. I've got the top lay position in our church. Uh, he said, that's not what I'm talking about. He said, I'm talking about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And I knew right then I was in trouble. Um, I'd seen these Jesus freaks on campus, and uh, I was really uneasy, really uncomfortable. But this guy persisted on it. He proceeded to explain to me that the problem was the sin in my life. It wasn't the circumstances around me, and that I would never find true peace and contentment until I got right with God. And I couldn't do it on my own. I couldn't go to church enough. I couldn't make enough money, give away enough money. I couldn't be a kind enough person, and I knew that in my heart, um, that I could really make amends with God. That the only way to do that was to admit my need, that I was a sinner, and I didn't have any trouble with that. I needed sin in my life. But the hard part was surrendering. He said, I needed to give my life to Christ. 
and I've heard people say that before, and I was really, really worried that I was going to have to give up control, that I'd have to give up my job, that I'd start carrying a big Bible around, that he'd send me to Africa, all those things. And when I look back now, I was so miserable, I didn't really have anything to lose at that point. And so, I made a decision. I prayed to accept Christ. He kind of smiled at me, said, give me a call in a couple days. Tell somebody before you go to bed tonight, and he drove off. Left me standing in the busiest intersection of Colorado Springs, uh, standing there. I went over, sat down in my car, and I thought, what have I done? Have I just committed committed the intellectual suicide here. And so I, I said another prayer. I said, God, if this is for real, let's get on with it. God heard that prayer. Uh, took me seriously. I went home that night. It took me uh, hours to work up the courage to tell somebody before I went to bed. And the obvious person was Shell. I told her. Uh, I had tears in my eyes. She's laughing. At least I thought she was laughing. I said, why are you laughing? This is a serious deal. I've really made this decision. She says, I'm not laughing at you. She says, I'm happy. Uh, she says, I've been praying for six years for this. Excuse me. So anyhow, little by little, things started to change. Uh, coming out of the Marine Corps, I had some colorful language, uh, and I noticed when I started to use that language that uh, I felt a little uh, twinge in my conscience, and so I, my language started to clean up. Uh, my desire to go out with my buddies in the bars stopped immediately. I just had no longer a desire to go out there and, and close that bar down. I started to experience some real peace and contentment. Um, started to see my wife differently. Uh, for the first time, to really uh, to love her in a way that I never, never thought possible. I stopped saying to myself, "If I could just." realizing that there wasn't any peace and contentment out of the pursuit of things other than in that personal relationship with Christ. And God gave me that peace and contentment. And he said to me that uh, she is the woman. That you don't need to look any further. We thought that there might be some people here tonight who might be in the same position that Cheryl and I were in uh, a dozen years ago, where you uh, <clears throat> probably aren't experiencing peace and contentment, you're stressed out, as Dr. Bratt mentioned, you're looking to your circumstances to bring you happiness, you're looking to your spouse to bring you happiness. Um, and you've either never heard about inviting Christ into your life and giving him control, or you've heard it and you've just resisted it like Cheryl and I had. 
And so we wanted to close tonight with a prayer and just give you an opportunity that if you haven't made that decision, that tonight might be the evening that you uh, do business with God on that issue. So if you just join us in a word of prayer as we close this out. Father, we just uh, thank you for what you've done in our life, for who you are. And Lord, I just uh, just want to pray right now that if there's any of you out there in this room tonight that uh, haven't made that decision to uh, surrender your will and say, Lord, my way is not working. I need to try it. Uh, I need to try it your way. I've messed things up. That you just pray along this simple prayer with us, silently, uh, not aloud. <coughs> Father, I uh, I know I've messed things up. But I know I'm a sinner. There's things in my life that I'm not proud of. My way's not working. And as best I know how at this moment, I, I invite you to come into my life and change my heart. I accept the free gift that you give me of eternal life. And I, I really sincerely want this personal relationship with you. And Lord, we just thank you for what you're going to do in all of our lives this evening. Amen. So, we uh, appreciate your uh, time tonight. And uh, one other thing, uh, for our records, there's some cards on the, on the table that somebody would take take those cards and just pass them around. And Tom, do we have some pencils? We'd like to get some feedback from everybody here, uh, husband and wife. Uh, don't just uh, do like you normally do and have one of you fill it out for both of you. We'd like some individual feedback. Raise your hand if you need a pencil. Tom will get you one. You're not going to go on a a mailing list to be sold anything with this, but we do want a record of, of your attendance and, like I say, a little feedback. If you'd fill your name in there and today's date, and if you got a business name or just your home address, either one, just indicate whether it's business or home. And uh, I think most of you are probably from Colorado Springs. If you put that in there in your zip code. Uh, who else needs a pen? Bill, you got one? Put in your business phone if you have one, your home phone. And if uh, somebody invited you tonight, if you put down who invited you. And then below that you'll see four boxes. And on that, that first box says, I prayed with the speakers, invited Jesus Christ into my life. If tonight was the night that you decided to uh, really make that decision, uh, if you just check that box, there's some, uh, something we'd like to just get to you. The next box says, please notify me, it says it's the next luncheon. Well, this is not a luncheon, but if we have some of these in the future and you want to be notified and go on to a mailing list, if you check that box, we'll put you on a mailing list just to let you know when these types of events come around. 
The third box. Uh, perhaps a lot of you out there uh, were like Cheryl and I. We'd never been into Bible studies before. But if you'd be interested in, in information on a discussion group for either businessmen, women, or couples, check the appropriate boxes there. Uh, the fourth box, if you're still not quite sure, if you're still resistant, like Cheryl said she was for a number of weeks when she heard that, uh, but you'd like to have some more information on what this means to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, if you check that box. And then at the bottom there's a spot for some questions and comments. If you like the room, if you didn't like it, uh, if you didn't like the speakers, put whatever you'd like. And then when you're done, if you just turn those down, uh, face down in the center of the table, we'd appreciate that. Uh, Jack? Thank you, Martin. One last request. If you would uh, keep any negative comments about the MC to yourself, we don't want those public. Also, we have uh, some more uh, goodies over there, uh, coffee and tea and uh, soda, uh, if you would like to have that. Um, Henry, thanks again for sharing with us. Henry will...